Hello and welcome to the Best and Brightest Show. Before we begin today, I'd like to pay my respects to the traditional owners of the land that I live and work on, the Mamu people of North Queensland. And I pay my respects to traditional owners, past, present and emerging right across Australia and the Torres Strait. Today, I'm very excited to be welcoming a special guest to join me. Uh, but before that, I should introduce myself. My name is Peace Mitchell and I'm co-founder of the Women's Business School, Women Changing the World Press and Ausmompreneur. And at Ausmompreneur, this week we have just launched the Ausmompreneur Awards nominations for 2022. So we are searching for Australia's best and brightest mums in business right across Australia, uh, but we can't do it on our own. So if you know an incredible mom in business, then please nominate her. We need to hear about these people and we need your help. So please nominate yourself or other mums in business that you know that you believe are deserving and are doing a great job. So we're looking for Australia's most outstanding mompreneurs. Okay, well now I would like to introduce you to our very special guest for today's show, Davina Borrow-Jones. Please join me on stage, Davina. Hi, Peace. Thank you so much for having me on the show. Oh, it's wonderful to have you here, Davina. So for people who haven't met you before, I would love you to introduce yourself and tell us a bit about who you are and what it is that you do. So I'm Davina and I'm the founder at The Mumpreneur Lawyer. So it's quite um, descriptive what we do. Um, it's a law firm really specialising in mums who are entrepreneurs who are starting their own business um, and as you're scaling up as well or as you're growing, usually the first um, first three years is when I meet most, most of the mums. Um, and then, yeah, we um, sort of have an ongoing relationship from there. Yeah, beautiful. So people who are tuning in, if you're watching us live, please jump in the comments and say hi, let us know where you're watching from. And if you have any questions for Davina as we go along, please post those in the comments as well and we can ask those questions for you. Um, but Davina, I'd love to start by asking about what are the things that you need to have in place when you start your business? You know, it's such an exciting time. You've got so many ideas. There's people who are, you know, they're pulling all the bits and pieces together for what they need for their business. They're thinking about their marketing and their finances and where they're going to run the business from, what they're going to do, finding suppliers, all of those things. But a really important component of starting up is making sure that you've got your legals in place. So what are, what are some of the most important things that we should be thinking about right from the start with our business? So I think um, it's so exciting at the beginning, yeah, because you've got the ideas and you want to run with them. And um, you also know that, um, you know, the reality is a lot of businesses do fail, unfortunately. So um, in a way, I'm here to, to sort of get you grounded and, and just, you know, go along with your dreams, but also pull you back a little and, and look at the, the risks involved. Because once we look at those risks, we can say, well, can we manage them? And if so, how? So 
Um, some of the first things that we look at when you're starting a business are really your business structure. Um, so you want to make sure you've chosen the right sort of structure for you, um, the sort of structure that suits you and your family um, and the business and the future of the business that you're going to operate. You also want to look at all the kind of relationships that you're going to have in place. I, I like to find that's a really good uh, starting point for, mm. for you when you're starting your business because um, you might have relationships with suppliers, you'll have relationships with clients or customers, you'll have um, relationships possibly with employees from the get-go or contractors. Mm. So all those relationships um, need to be really teased out and there needs to be lots of clarity from the start because when there's clarity and when we really get things nutted out at the start um, you can avoid a lot of disputes and a lot of headaches down down the track. Yeah I guess it's all about just making sure that you're both on the same page that everyone understands uh, where you're coming from and what the agreement is so that you know if there's any question around who should be doing what and who was expected to deliver what you can always go back to that contract is is that what it's in place for it is absolutely so what you really want to do is um and the very act of of um, getting legal documents drafted involves looking at who's responsible for what. So, you know, if you're entering into a partnership, what is each partner's role in, in that relationship? And when you start asking those questions and you're going to sign a legally binding document um, in relation to those questions, you start seriously thinking about how you're going to operate. So, you know, the, the easiest example is, is two people, you know, with massive dreams, but but someone sort of still got their corporate job and, and the other person doesn't. Well, you know, that could work, but you really need to be on the same page as to one person can devote a lot more time um, to the business, where, whereas the other person may not, but they may be able to, to contribute resources. So it's really, really important to get that relationship nutted out right at the beginning um the clearer um and the more difficult conversations you have then um the less likely that things really go pear-shaped <laughs> yeah i guess it is it's a really good starting point for those kind of conversations too it does help to facilitate and get you think both parties thinking about what they are going to commit and what they're going to be responsible for and it just formalizes the whole thing. It does, it does. Yeah. yeah. So the other thing that I know when people are starting out, particularly if they've created an innovative product or something like that, there's often kind of fear around intellectual property uh, protection and um, making sure that they're covered and that someone's not going to steal their idea. So can you tell us a bit about those kind of things about copyright and patents and trademarks and how all of that works because I know that sometimes that can be uh, an overwhelming and confusing kind of area for people who are starting out. It really can and um, I like to give people a broad sort of overview of intellectual property before they sort of delve into those issues. Um, 
before I even start though, you need to know that obviously what I'm saying here today is education and not specific advice for your circumstance. Um, but you can get in contact with me if, if you need specific advice. So when you're designing a product, um, you're going to um, be having really confidential discussions with various people. Um, the designers and manufacturers and so on so um, the best way to really tidy that relationship up and make sure that it's um, that they take you seriously about you know and your ideas are protected is with non-disclosure agreements so they're confidentiality agreements so they will help sort of protect that idea as you're trying to get things off the ground now that idea may not result in in an actual product but if it does then you're starting to look like when you look at um, designs you're looking at a particular area of law which is design rights so that's mm -hmm. one area of intellectual property but there's other areas so um, there's trademarks trademarks are really designed to protect brand names and product names and logos and the like then you've got um patents so that's really innovative technology often um there are pharmaceutical uh patents um or it could be sort of cutting edge science and engineering often often they um, warrant a patent patents can get very expensive particularly if you're um, a mum and have a family and have other obligations so you need to talk with a specialist patent attorney and get real um, cost estimates up front, not just on how much the patent's going to cost, but also how much it's going to cost to um, protect it down the track. So you may need to, you know, enforce your patent with infringement proceedings and things like that. So it's about really getting um, a bed's eye view of the total cost, not just registering, but also um, enforcing down, enforcement down the track. And then there's, um, so trademarks, patents, design rights. Um, you've got your confidential information, which I sort of touched on. Now that can stem across um, the kind of information you might divulge to employees, like financial information, marketing secrets, or the rest of it. Um, so, so that is a, an area of intellectual property as well um, and you've got your design rights of course so design rights are kind of rights like um, the design of our kettle or um, the the Nescafe machine or what have you so it, the easiest way to look at that is sort of apparatus in, in your kitchen I find um, of course we have fashion designs but because fashion moves so fast sometimes my clients just find that registering a design is, is too much it's um the market's moved on by the time you sort of yeah. have released something because it, it can be a really like slow process as well getting <laughs> those legals um organized for a design or a patent um, yeah yeah it can yeah. take a very long time um even trademarks take you know seven months so you don't want to have even an inkling of perhaps rebranding 
and go going to trademarking because the last thing I want to do is help someone register their brand and then they rebrand in six months. So um, you want to be really sure on your trademark and branding before you sort of go ahead with trademarking. On the other hand, you don't want to wait too long because the moment, like while you're waiting, um, someone else might be jumping on the register. They might have independently come up with sort of similar names and, mm. and they'll be first on the register before you and that's that's not a good position to be in. No, no. Um, we've got comments here uh, from Jacinta. She said, it's a real fear as it's possible to lose market if others decide to copy what we created. Um, I think fear is such an interesting thing. I, I remember speaking to someone um, on Instagram and they were saying that they had this incredible idea that they were wanting to launch. They'd had the idea since 1996. But they were so scared that someone would steal their idea that they hadn't launched it yet. I mean, what would you say to someone like that? Okay, that's a long time to be yeah. afraid and, and not doing anything about it. If you genuinely have a product or service that you believe can make the world a better place, I mean, at the end of the day, even if someone copied it, if it's going to make the world a better place, <laughs> really you know um yeah I, I think we probably need to have a heart to heart <laughs> um it, it's more about like trusting yourself and and trusting your idea and and trusting the world that we live in um you know it's not ideal and of course you know you run the risk anytime you release any product or service that it could be reverse engineered um and the, that that's the way it, it works um you put all your protections in place um and if absolutely necessary you go ahead and enforce things um yeah, it's hard as a small player. Absolutely, I understand. You know, you, there are plenty of um, big players in the market that can sort of sweep up and 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 copy things, and and that's tough. That's tough. It's not easy. But I think you know, if you genuinely believe your your product or service could change the world for the better, do it. <laughs> yeah. Release it. And, and there's people like you who we can talk to who can help us get that protection so that we don't have to be afraid of someone stealing. Absolutely. Well, you do everything yeah. you possibly can in your own control. And, and once you've done that, you know that you've done your best and that's all you can do. You yeah. <laughs> now I, I do have a question about patents. I heard somewhere that you have to register a patent before you bring it to market and that it only lasts for a certain number of years. Is that correct? Yeah, so there's, um, there's actually specialist attorneys that work with patents. So I'm not a patent attorney. Um, a patent attorney you work with will have, um, often have like a science background or engineering background. So they really do have um, specialist experience as well as legal experience. Um, it's a very particular field so I would do best not to answer that question and leave it up to a, a patent attorney um, yeah. but yeah there is an, an issue where once things get to market um, it, it appears with design rights as well once a certain number of um, articles are produced and are on market then protection 
like an automatic protection is often lost. Yeah. Um, there's another question here in the comments and it's um, Jacinta saying, mine is mostly experience transfer, transfer, for example, teaching my craft. Is that something that can be protected? Absolutely. So there's different ways of protecting um, a sort of educational materials and things. So that comes under the, the banner of copyright. So copyright um, occurs automatically and it occurs when um, you have an expression of ideas. So whether that be in the form of music or um, film, video, books, <laughs> back yourself, <laughs> women changing the world. Um, so it, copyright arises uh, with the, the results. So, you know, the, the authors have, have copyright in their contribution in the book, for example. Um, so, so that is, yeah, that's automatic. Copyright is automatic there. Um, it does have to be an original work. So the way we protect that is by entering into contractual agreements where perhaps um, if it's uh, sensitive information that you can keep within the company or within the business, then you can ensure that, say, your, um, your employment or contractor agreements have IP provisions. Um, if it's information that you're going to release publicly because it's a course, um, then you may want some protections in place with an agreement with your clients or any customers who may buy the course. So um, you definitely cover off on your IP there. Yeah, yeah. Does that answer the question? <laughs> I think so, yeah, I think so. And um, having your students um, sign a contract to say that they're not going to share without permission, um, that would Absolutely. be something that you could do to protect that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, they can use the ideas, but they can't use the materials, you know, they can't copy the materials that you provide them in, in the course. That's you know, all those things should be covered off in agreement with those students. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Wonderful. Now, in some cases, are... though, <laughs> I was just going to say, in some cases, though, you may have students who you actually want to um, teach so that they can on teach things, in which case, you know, um, you'll need to give them a kind of license so they can um, use the materials for the specific purpose of teaching you know x number of students or what have you yeah and in that case there's still parameters around what they can teach and what they can't teach and they still have to credit and acknowledge the original author there's things like that that you can put in place in the contract in those situations as well isn't there absolutely and um there are actually some rights that we um that are given to the copyright holders including moral rights and that's the right of attribution or the right to be credited and also the right against false attribution so they can't put that someone else wrote it when when you did yeah beautiful okay mm -hmm. and i was going to ask with your with somebody who's starting out and they're building a website what are some of the information that they need on their website to make sure that that's protected as well. 
So there's many different websites, of course. Um, some are really just information only. Um, some you've got an e-commerce store, so you're selling products. Others you might have, um, you know, they're, they're for your service-based business or you're selling online courses, memberships. Um, it will depend on your, your offering. But at the very minimum, uh, you want some general website terms for anyone that comes on, um, any user, uh, and you want a privacy policy. So um, some businesses won't need, like um, be legally required to have a privacy policy, um, but I generally recommend a privacy policy for, for all people. It does um, enhance your Google ranking. Um, Good don't, to know. don't try to test me on that. Um, <laughs> but it certainly um, promotes trust and Googleites mm. trust. So, um, yeah, a privacy policy is definitely a good idea because your clients and customers and users can see you're serious about their personal information. Yeah, fantastic. And things like returns policies and things like that, are they things that should be um, legally binding or are they things that you could just write yourself? What's what's your advice on mm. things like that? So when I do terms for clients, I, I always include um, provisions dealing with ref refunds and returns and that sort of thing. So it depends on the way you want to work. Um, many people want just to comply with the law and that's totally fine. So in that regard, I make sure that um, they know that the Australian consumer law applies. Now the, the consumer law sort of requires refunds to be given in certain circumstances. A couple of product examples are just that, you know, if it's a faulty mm -hmm. um, product, if it's a service, if it's not delivered in a reasonable time. Um, so there's some examples that you actually cannot contract out of. You have to give a refund in, in certain circumstances pursuant to law. Um, but often people will want to give additional um, guarantees or warranties or, or refunds. So I have a lovely lady that I work for and she offers a happiness guarantee. And I think that's beautiful. But you have to be aware that, you know, um, that's quite an open promise, you know, um, mm. and good luck in asserting who's happy and who's, who's not. So, um, yeah, ultimately those additional warranties, additional guarantees, additional returns are up to you. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Well, thank you so much, Davina. It's been wonderful having you as our guest on the Best and Brightest show today. What's the best way for people to get in touch with you? Uh, so probably the best way is just to um, jump on at mum underscore lawyer um, on Instagram and follow me. Uh, otherwise, you can um, leave a message in the chat here. Um, Mumpreneur Lawyer, if you Google it, you'll find me everywhere. <laughs> Beautiful. Well, thank you so much for being our guest. And please, yes, reach out to Davina if you have any legal questions that you need help with. Uh, she is here to support you. Thanks, everyone. And we'll see you next time. Oh, yes, sorry. 
Go. Sorry, one last thing. There is actually a free startup guide, so um, which would cover off on a lot of the issues that we discussed today. So on Insta, um, you can get access to the free startup guide there. Just jump in the, the link there. Beautiful. And we'll post the link in the comments below this episode as well, so people can grab it there too. Well, thank you so much, Davina, and thanks everybody who's joined us live and everybody watching on the recording, and we will see you next time for the best and brightest show. Thanks, everyone. Bye. Bye.